Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective. And I am the head huntress, and this is our season five finale. Nineteen episodes in season five. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say that this episode—that's not counting repo nerds. We had a few of those too. But I wish I could say that we were having better circumstances. But the sexy witches took a major hit in the last three weeks. And uh, I'm not going to get into it too much, but please have light some candles and think about your friends and loved ones and my condolences to everybody, including my sexy witch cousin, Aaron Kogan, who we lost a family member in the last three weeks, and Steve Wandling lost someone extremely close to him. And uh, so that's why I played Candle in the Water, because it was my mom's 
favorite song. And uh, nice. it just kind of reminded me of it. So anyway, um, much love to everybody that's hurting right now. Um, but we have a show to do. And sometimes talking bullshit can make you feel a lot better. And so that's what we're going right to do on. tonight. So, But first, let me introduce uh, my sexy witches, and one in particular, because she's on a time constraint tonight. So let me bring in from Portland, Oregon, my enchantress of Nevermore, Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome to the Sexy Witches. Hiya. Hi. So I got to apologize to you first, Raven, because um, last episode, which was our best of episode, kind of went off the rails. And uh, you actually didn't get to really talk about any of the best of stuff that you wanted to talk about. And I felt very, very bad about that because you also had the flu. (laughs) So I I do apologize for the clusterfuck at the end of the show, even though the show itself sounded pretty good. But it's our last – you're about to go do some major rehearsals and stuff and get ready for your big plays coming up. So I wanted to hand you the mic for the next 10 minutes and let you talk about whatever the fuck you want. So I apologize at the same time. I want to thank you. Thank you for being on this show. Thank you for coming on for season five. You have been an amazing contributor to this show, and I and and as and anything that we've done it without on, you. for that matter. And oh, I, I really love you, Raven, and I'm so glad that you came with us on this journey. So please, the mic is yours. Well, thank you very much, um, and I'm sorry you felt as bad as you did, <laughs> and I hope you feel better. <laughs> um, I, I feel better now. There's way other things that are worrying me right now, as you can yeah, imagine. Sure. Yeah, Well, uh, let's see. I usually would plug at the end, but since I'm not exactly sure when the end is, I'm going to plug first. Um, Absolutely. For everybody who is in on, under, and around Portland, Oregon. If you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, there's a free screening of Santa Claus Conquers the Martian. And it's at Twilight Theater, which is where I work, so I'll be hosting it. Um, And there's an ugly sweater contest. It's a free event, but there'll be, you know, you can buy wine there and popcorn and stuff. Um, and then hang out with a bunch of other nerds. Um, and the reason I'm leaving early is because I'm in rehearsals for a production there of Sorted Lives by Del Shores. And its motto is basically it's a black comedy about white trash. And um, <laughs> it is based on actual people and it's the author's coming out story. Um, and it's really funny and dark and stupid and smart. <laughs> uh, but that's going to be opening in January. So keep your eyes peeled. And there's a Twilight Theater Facebook page, of course. So check that out and like it. And hopefully if the uh, MST3K night does well, there'll be more free movie nights there with, with weird stuff like that. So nice. the first one's the most important. So tell your friends, tell your enemies. Then, so one of the things that I was kind of sad we didn't get to get into was how many amazing um, docu-series there's been this year, Uh, especially if you're 
a little bit macabre and totally into true crime. So Aaron, girl Aaron, I bet you've probably seen a lot this year um, as well. And if I, I know Steve's in the right direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Steve is a bit of a true crime fan too. So I'm sure he has, has a lot of interesting things to say about these ones. But um, w- one of them that just kind of blew my mind was the Netflix, the Confession Killer series. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's the, have you watched that one, Erin? Not yet, girl. I Aaron, think. you know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I passed over it several times, thinking, "Ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> right." So I knew part of the story. It's because of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and that's all I knew about Henry Lee Lucas. Um, oh, and that's him? like, yeah. So, fuck okay, yeah, I I kind of started at at negative two on what I knew about him for real. I guess. Um, But the series itself is, I think there's seven episodes and they do a really good job at keeping neutral, but uh, there's a lot, I I felt a lot of emotions watching it because you go, I, I think most people would go back and forth between feeling sorry for him and then just wanting to murder him yourself. Um, and the one of the greatest interviews in that is with the guy who actually interviewed Ted Bundy for four years before he was executed. Um, and so there's, if you're, if like Aaron, I know you are uh, interested in Ted Bundy history. Uh, there's kind of a crossover here as far as the same people that are interviewing these guys. So I would definitely, you will love it for sure. But if you like to crime, Anyone should see it. Um, and then this one might be, I don't know if this counts as an actual movie movie because it was released directly to Netflix and it plays like a direct-to-video rather than a movie. Um, but there's a documentary about Bikram on Netflix also. Uh, and his uh, move to the United States and his claim that President Nixon gave him a green card to be here um, and all the lies he's told over the years and um, just kind of what a shitty person this guy is versus how many people he's helped with the kind of, you know, poses and lifestyle that he brought to America. Uh, have any of you caught that one yet? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No, I guess I, I'm the biggest docu-nerd. It's okay. <laughs> but I, it's, I've watched uh, a lot of other just, documentaries on Netflix, yeah. but I haven't watched that one yet. I'm saving one for yeah. my top five next next mm-hmm. there, next season called Bath of the right. Over Broadway. Look it up. I'll talk about it oh, later. Oh, I, I watched that one, of course. <laughs> Wasn't that fantastic? Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. And now I keep my eyes out at uh, secondhand stores. Um, okay, so there's also the Surviving R. Kelly series, which was only on, <laughs> like, Oxygen for a while, I think, and then Netflix bought it. And so if you've been meaning to watch that, um, I recommend it, but I I couldn't handle watching it in one sitting for sure. 
the runtime would allow one to do so, but I think if you have any manner of heart, it might be too hard to handle in one go. Uh, but I'm glad that I watched it. It was really educational and um, like, uh, I, I didn't really care about the person in the first place, but now, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> it almost makes me shake still. Like that's how angry I am at R. Kelly now. But uh, definitely check that one out. Just maybe uh, when you're done, watch some Invaders Gym so you can cleanse yourself for the new Rick and Morty <laughs> season, which is uh, so far so good. Well, uh, so that on top of that, this is the end of your uh, first season with the Sexy Witches. And what, what yeah. was your experience like being on the show? Good or for bad? Um, well, definitely good. It's just always, I don't know what the learning curve is half the time, so I don't know if I'm always hitting it. Um, but hey, I I'm definitely have learned a lot. <laughs> What's that? I said I'm five seasons in and still don't know, so you're cool. <laughs> Excellent. But no, I think I think just, some of the bonding that's happened while we've been interviewing different people, especially I think the Brian Trenchard Smith interview was just my favorite day in my life. Not only just in, in our show, um, that was just, it flowed so naturally. And when we get to magical spots like that, then I'm just our number one cheerleader. And I just, I hope that we can attain that all the time. Like where, we, we're hypnotized by ourselves, but you know, like life happens too. And sometimes we're boring like me, but, <laughs> it, it, but first you know. of all, you're not boring Raven. Second of all, you, Aaron Marie and I, when, when we were talking about replacing Queenie, we had a short yeah. list of the, some extremely interesting people. And, but we both looked at the list and went at, at Raven. We, 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 you were just a shoe in and you, yeah. and you are natural at this. And uh, even you. if you don't continue with us, I think you should continue to podcast because I think you have a talent for it. Thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, I mean, you, you've helped me with through many a madness now. I mean, you, you've got this girl. I mean, and your theatrics, you know, all of it plays into this, you know? Yeah. Well, I have so, sad news. I need to run. Is your is your your car arrived? My car is here. Yes. <laughs> your car is there. Well, have a good time at the theater, and we will see you in January. All right. Thank you. Have a lovely holidays. Happy Me Life too. Day. Don't forget it's Life thank Day. You. Happy Life Day. <laughs> Happy Life Day. <laughs> Happy Life Day. And yes, right, thank bye. you, Raven. Hang up yourself, sweetie. Um, All right. Thanks. Goodbye. So that was Raven, my Enchantress of Nevermore, going on to bigger and better things. But it is actually, honest to God, Life Day. In the folklore of Star Wars, um, it, and I do consider Star Wars a le- to be folklore at this point in some ways, uh, 
Life Day is an actual holiday, and and this year's Life Day fell on the 17th of December. And guess what today is? The 17th of December. So it really <laughs> truly is honest to God Life Day. So this is a perfect day to talk about our subject, which is going to be the Disney takeover of everything under the sun. But first, we got some cleanup to do. I've got a few things I need to announce that are actually kind of important. Uh, but before I get into my shit. Erin Marie, do you have anything to report that's not Disney or Star Wars related? I started watching Miss Maisel, which I told you earlier, but holy shit, is that good. I watched Fleabag, which was amazing. And you were right. <laughs> Fucking best love story of the year. Like, I was so into the second season of Fleabag. Fleabag is, I told you, it was the shit, wasn't it? It was so fucking good. Like, it, it took it, me I, out every time the pastor noticed us, like, the audience. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> the father's like, noticing. What's the, what's, what's, what, what are you doing? There he goes. Do you do it again? You're blinking out. What's going on? I, I, like, I love hmm. how he could kind of see the fourth wall. Like, you know, that was, that was so cool. There's so many unusual things about Fleabag that makes me excited. And Maisel, I just finished it as well. I just binged. Instead of binging The Mandalorian for this episode, which I, I should have been doing, instead <laughs> I've, binged, I've binged season three of Mar- uh, Marvelous Maisel. And uh, I kind of love that show. My God, is it good. I mean, it, everything about it. The scripts are cracking. The acting's great. And the costumes. Oh, my God, the costumes. And I don't know, this year they recreated Vegas, 19, uh, 1962, and they just oh, nice. knocked it out of the fucking park. I mean, it is just really, really cool show. It what do you like about it? I agree on every level. Like I told the girls today, I'm like, this is supposed to be a short show. We're going to watch the last episode of the season two. I don't care if you got to stay up till midnight. <laughs> <laughs> So, how about you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Aaron? Uh, do you have anything non-Disney or uh, Marvel or Star Wars related to talk about before we continue? Um, yeah, Natalie and I went to a special event at Dark Delicacies. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but uh, it was just hella fun. Um, they did a little raffle thing when you purchase so much. We won a whole bag of... Uh, hardcover graphic novels, including a Godzilla and a Pacific Rim or two, and uh, a Krampus prequel, and yeah, it's really cool. That sounds like fun. Again, I love if, Dark Delicacies. It, yeah, if you're in the uh, L.A. area, I can't recommend enough. And they gave us like a ton of free horror movie posters and stuff that I'm going to be giving away as Halloween party prizes next year. Oh, nice. And we also, on Dark Delicacies, also announced since we left air that their lease has been officially renewed and they are saved. So, um, yeah. So now we just. The new location is great. That's what they're saying. Everything's good. So we're very happy Dark Delicacies is going to survive. Now, if we can just get Amoeba Records on board with that. LA will be good. I mean, the idea that we might lose Amoeba Records is like like breaking my heart, honestly. Never so, going to happen. The, the, no, the, the city would half the hipsters in LA would would rise up and throw their avocado toast at City Hall. It will <laughs> never happen. I promise you. Um, what's the story with um, Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego? Does anyone have an update? Um, 
No, I don't have any okay. updates. I have to keep an um, eye on that. Um, so uh, I have a, uh, a few things to announce, actually, which is kind of fun. First of all, and this one's just a fun one. Uh, on Halloween, we had our our, um, epi- our Halloween episode, and we talked about the, the Belay but, uh, Brothers uh, Dragula. Well, Days yes. of the Dead Atlanta just announced that the Boulay brothers are going to be at Days of the Dead Atlanta. So, of course, I just, like, absolutely did a spit take and just jump for joy <laughs> that I'm going to actually get to meet the Boulay brothers this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. So Days of the Dead, you knocked that guest choice out of the park. Thank you very much for that. So um, I am going down for sure to Days of the Dead. It's the 7th of February. Uh, that weekend, I don't know if I am working a panel. I might be working a panel, but it's also Nathan Hamilton's 40th birthday. So a bunch of us are descending on Days of the Dead Atlanta no. to um, to party, party. Um, so that's on hmm. there. Uh, and in three weeks after that, I can actually make the announcement now. Um, I, If you go onto my IMDb page, you will see a new producer credit. And I can officially announce now that I am officially producing the next two FP sequels. So FP3 and FP4. Yeah, so I'm going to fly down the weekend of the 22nd of February uh, and um, into L.A. I'll come see Aaron, give him a hug, meet one, and then um, go and spend the weekend freezing my ass off in uh, Fraser Park at an outdoor shoot. (laughs) So, you know. That's how it goes. With beer. With beer. Oh, yeah. We're going to definitely hit the tavern (laughs) afterwards. Um, No beer on set. It's all afterwards. But believe me, you know, we'll want to drink some beer after that. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be awesome. So, uh, you know, and I got to go see uh, the Slayer concert video that Jason was in. Right. Yeah. So I went to go see that at the theaters. Um, and I was very excited to do that. So that was cool. So getting my FP shiznit on again, getting ready to do that. (laughs) So I'm pretty excited. And then I had one more announcement and I can't remember what it is and I'm kicking my ass and you know, it'll come to me and I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. It's actually (laughs) important. I had three separate announcers. I didn't take my notes tonight. Um, so, um, but those are the main things that are happening. Uh, it's Life Day. Oh, and uh, yeah, let's see. May, I saw Miss Maisel. Uh, that's really it. Uh, why can't I remember my third thing? I'm sure it's important too. So, um, isn't that but, you're radioactive? Oh, I am radioactive. Radioactive. Okay. Radioactive. Um, well, <laughs> and. So things are crazy here in D.C. Everyone's spinning like a top. Uh, you know, we got impeachment shit going on. I don't want to talk about politics too much, but I will tell you, this town goes crazy during election years. And we are staring one in the face, and we have an impeachment trial. So I don't even know what this town's going to do. I mean, it's, <laughs> we're going to burn shit down, and I don't mean that necessarily figuratively either. Huh. What was that? That was weird. Was that music? That was the train. It was a train. Oh, ah, it was a train. Oh, we like the train. Uh, so, um, I'm. Are any of us doing anything for New Year's? No. Sleepover with friends. I haven't done, planned anything for New Year's yet. I have no idea what I'm going to be <laughs> doing for New Year's. Um, so. 
I, I am going to see the Star Wars movie on Christmas Eve, uh, so nice. that'll be fun. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a few more minutes. Yeah. Uh, I we have a special guest calling in tonight, so I'm pretty oh. excited about that. Uh, <laughs> someone we all know. Um, but shit, because I, I wanted enough time for my three announcements that I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but the big one was the FP announcements, and then the Boulay brothers at, at uh, Days of the Dead. I mean, I I, I was leaning. I was already gonna go because of Nathan's birthday, but that was just icing on the cake. So. Um, you know, it, it's been a, a, a good year. We had a really good season of Sexy Witches. Uh, yeah, I would say guest-wise, our highlight of the year was our Bryant Trenchard-Smith episode. Uh, that interview was so good, I played it twice. <laughs> you know, so And then the San Diego Comic-Con, of course. Um, you know, oh, and I, I did tell you I got my video game, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all set up. We've been playing it now, and it's just like the the original. It's so wonderful, and I'm so happy that uh, I have it. And it's in my living room right now. And for the first time in five years, I have a Christmas tree in the house. Uh, My husband doesn't like Christmas trees very much, but I went and bought one anyways. And my daughter was so excited that she cried. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, if that didn't melt the Grinch heart, what could? (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, so dad wasn't so, uh, you know, he he walked in, he's like, okay, everything's fine. So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I I do want to talk to, before we go off, um, talk onto our subject tonight, I'm thinking and of moving the sexy witches next season to Wednesdays. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, so Raven can be on the show more because her rehearsal days tend to be Tuesdays. Oh, Aaron right Kogan, is, is Wednesday an issue for you? No, no, no. No. Well, I mean, how about there's there's Frank and Son, but I can always go on Sundays. Oh, okay. Well, and, and Aaron Marie, what about you? Is Wednesday is going to be okay for you? I'm always open. <laughs> Excellent. So, so yeah, so that's one of the major announcements is that next season, season six, will be um, we're going to start recording live on Wednesdays. Um, and there's a reason for that. I just, um, because of my new job is five minutes away from the Egyptian theater, uh, I just got one of those frequent passes and Tuesday is discount night. And so it just, I want to watch more. My New Year's resolution is to watch more movies in the theaters. So, um, you know, I wanted to do that. Yeah. And uh, so that means our season five season premiere episode will be January, Wednesday, the 22nd. That is two days after they announce the Oscars, which we always come back to Oscar nomination talk. And then we um, do our round robin of our favorite films of 2019. So please come and join us for that episode, because that's always one of our favorites of the year. And boy, there was some pretty interesting movies in my top five this year so far. <laughs> I'm actually kind of like looking at it, going, "Wow, what weirdness!" I mean, I have a, I have documentaries about musicals in there. I've got musicals in there. I got horror in there. Uh, a lot of music in all of mine this year. Uh, so, which is awesome. So, uh, so those are the other announcements. Any other announcement? Uh, other than that, <clears throat> let's take a quick, like minute break to refresh and then we're going to change gears and we are going to do uh 
we're going to talk Disney. Disney's takeover of the world. They sucked up Marvel. They sucked up Pixar. You know, technically Pixar kind of bought them from the inside out. And yeah. then now we have Disney Plus. We have uh, 20th Century Fox is on there. Marvel's on there. Disney's on uh, Star Wars is on there. Every fucking thing is on Disney Plus. We're going to talk about Disney Plus and, and its offerings and how we feel about the service itself. We've already talked about it a bit in the last episode, but we're going to really deep dive it this time. Talk about The Mandalorian. We're going to talk about the rise of Skywalker, which is staring us in the face. Um, and um, and then um, my evil genius, who's our special guest tonight, my daughter, for the first time is going to call in as a guest host. Uh, she's going to help me talk about this stuff, too, because she's been watching it with her her granddad and we're going to review frozen two together because we went to go see frozen two and that was pretty awesome so let's take a quick star wars video game break and i'll be back in a minute and 39 another one of Nerdist sponsored events hosted, I guess I should say. Uh, Nerdist Industries uh, is showing all nine damn films. Uh, we start with episode one at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night, and we finish with The Rise of Skywalker Thursday night 
9 p.m. ish, maybe. See where we get. And in between every film, uh, a different cast member or someone from production crew, director, whatever, will come out and talk and be interviewed on stage. And it's just amazing. Uh, I I was really afraid I was going to miss this one. Uh, <laughs> they were supposed to have tickets go on sale during the intermission of a football game. And in typical Disney fashion, because, you know, they, they just never quite get the details right, they went on sale. Uh, I think that's the game started. So everything was sold out by the time uh, the intermission ran around. But I got on the waiting list and got called, and I'm going in. And uh, in addition to all the silliness, uh, we're getting a goodie bag, an exclusive poster, a uh, light-up Millennium Falcon popcorn bucket. Yes. uh, Yeah. Just, you know, 11-year-old Brian Kogan uh, inside me is – pretty damn happy about the whole thing well that's great and uh is <laughs> nat's going with nat's going with you no no for <gasps> some reason natalie is not a star wars fan it's okay we make it work um, <laughs> I was but... say, really have you seen your house <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's part of uh i guess us making it work is her putting up with it uh <laughs> uh if for those of you who haven't been to Casa de Dunn-Kogan, just from where I'm sitting right now, uh, we have a collection of steins from Disneyland. Uh, The Captain Phasma is catching the light very nicely with her polished silver. We have a Death Trooper helmet, which I'm probably going to wear tomorrow, actually. Um, uh, My friends, Lynn and Neil, uh, gave me a present of a Dark Side clone. So uh, that's on the shelf opposite me alongside uh, a three-pack of Jango Fett, Boba Fett, and a prototype Boba Fett key fob from uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And then just, you know, crap everywhere. You know. You know how I am. That's, that's half the fun of Star Wars is all the merch that you can collect. In addition to toys, it's just ridiculous. Merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> so I I remembered what my announcement was, and I do have oh. to say it now. Um, <laughs> I almost forgot. I it's airing today. You can go online now and find it. Uh, Emily Intravia of the Feminine Critique, who did uh, our a musicals episode with us and been on the show a few a few times, uh, invited me back to be on her show again, and we reviewed um, a Princess a Christmas Prince Three, The Royal Baby, um, and uh, so uh, now our twelve minute podcast of gloriousness so you can go to the feminine critique podcast and stocking stuffers she every year she takes it for the team watches some of those horrible hallmark lifetime freeform christmas movies but every once in a while she invites a guest and so i got to be a guest again so thank you emily for letting me be on the show she's always wonderful and please guys listen to the show or go and watch the movie if you don't want to watch the movie still listen to the show it's gonna be fun so got that out yes i knew 
I'm glad I remembered. Oh, my God. I would have felt terrible if I hadn't said anything about the show. Yeah, I mean, especially since I love the feminine critique is good year round. Her and Christina make peace do amazing work together. Like they're genre geeks. They're, they're part of the sisters of, of our cousin for sure, you know, and uh, you know, and they, they, they talk about, you know, genre pictures that quote quote girls don't usually watch, but this time of year, Emily does watch what girls often watch those, those movies. Matter of fact, after tonight's episode, the next one, I think she's doing Christmas at Dollywood. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, and she just did Holly's Holidays on Hulu, which, by the way, I just um, got Hulu myself uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday. Hulu went down to a buck ninety nine uh, for the year, so I uh, went ahead and I broke down and I got Hulu. Still don't have Disney Plus, bringing it back to the Disney thing. Uh, but but my father in law mm-hmm. does have Disney Plus, so I've been going down and watching some of this stuff on Disney Plus and on his because, um, you know how back in the day, errands that you know you your older relative would go, can you program the VCR? It keeps flashing twelve, <laughs> right? Well, now with Roku devices, trying to convince your um, your father-in-law that you have up to four devices you're allowed to huh. use the account on is impossible for many <laughs> reasons. One, he can't hear. Two, he doesn't understand. He's like, well, it's on a fire stick. It can't work on the Roku. No, that's not how it works, <laughs> Grandpa. I can have up to four devices, so can I have your password? So I still haven't gotten his password for Disney+, Plus. so I have to go downstairs and watch it. <laughs> It's very funny. But but the cool thing is, and, and the evil genius will tell you this when she calls in, uh, is that uh, she's been, it, when I take her phone away, which has been often lately because she's been misbehaving in school. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, she goes down sometimes and watches movies with her grandpa. So And, oh. of course, he he decided to keep Disney plus for that reason. So I'm kind of like almost don't want to get it up here now because I'm glad that, you know, they're spending this bonding time. And so uh, I have been watching some Disney plus a lot of older stuff. I've been mining it for weirder things to see what's on there. Uh, But uh, before we get into some of that stuff, let's go ahead and talk about the, the baby Yoda in the room. Let's do it. Let's talk about Mandalorian. I know the both of you, both of you are caught up with the whole show, and oh, I've yeah. watched the first two episodes. So, Baby Yoda, is it all hype, or do we really do love Baby Yoda? We fucking love Baby Yoda, or at least yeah. I do. I can't speak for the other Aaron. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. He's the best. Uh, like, every time he's on screen, I squee. I can't help it. It's just every time they show him, I'm like, ah! And then I watched The Mandalorian with my brother, my 38-year-old brother, and I realized he squeezed, too, every time. <laughs> so it's not just me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I was digging on the Western vibe of the first two episodes, but then we're like, oh, no, we got to... A, a, a western with the baby in the back kind of story happening. Uh, I, I think I need to watch some more episodes to, if, to know how I really truly feel about Baby Yoda. 
But I will say I, I like the vibe of the show. And I will say also, and, and Aaron, you can talk about this too, uh, Aaron Kogan. Uh, I have never seen a science fiction show look as good as this. With you know the 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 CG in this is beyond anything I think I've ever seen. I've seen maybe films I've seen do well, but yeah. How do you feel about the effects on this show? Because it's not like anything I've ever seen before. No, I I agree with you. In fact, a uh, friend of mine uh, made a comment at. Uh, the holiday craftacular party we just went to the the last episode uh could actually be a standalone movie they could actually you know extend it and do a little bit more on the uh ancillary characters and really it could have easily stood alone well i and, think that 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 pretty much sets up some really good adversaries for him for oh, yeah. absolutely right and that's something that uh, a lot of fans had actually been speaking about, that these were kind of standalone one-and-done episodes. And, you know, some great guest stars, but, you know, like in the first episode, Brian's insane. Uh, he's on screen almost two minutes, maybe? And then he gets eaten. Spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, uh, now we've got some some heavyweights uh, yeah. that can come back for future episodes and and that sets up some really interesting things. No word yet on when we're getting uh, Mandalorian Season 2. All we know is that it, uh, uh, John Favreau went straight into writing Season 2 after writing Season 1. Um, Excellent. And all I can say I mean, is see, do you see what happens when you give a property to people like Filoni and Favreau who know it and love it. Doesn't it make a difference? Yes, Aaron. Yes, it does. That's exactly uh, it, what I was going to say. If you want a geek property done well, you have to give it to another geek. Well, Thank yes you. and no. Well said. Abrams was a star, you know, Dave, well, Dave Abrams is a Star Wars geek. So he, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm so, I'm a little concerned about the new film. But not that well concerned. You yeah, you were right. But you know, like, <laughs> but then like he was like, "Well, I'm good at Star Trek because I don't know anything about the universe." And I wanted to choke him when he said that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, because first of all, Star Wars and Star Trek are completely different universes and different vibes. One yeah. science fiction and one science fantasy, which a lot of people don't realize. But technically, space Star opera. Wars is not. Yeah, now yeah, it's space western. Yeah, space I mean, yeah, exactly right. Back in the day, people called it space opera, which was a play on horse opera, which was a nickname for westerns. It, it, and, and it definitely feels like that when you watch the show, yeah. like I said, you know, except for the weird things they're riding are got weird butts, but you know. Yeah, well, look actually, at I think you're, you're spot on when you talk about the western vibe, but it's a very particular western vibe. It's the spaghetti westerns that were inspired by samurai films. The whole um, Man With No Name series is just ripped off straight directly from Yojimbo and Sanjuro, two of my absolute favorite Kurosawa films of all freaking time. Well, and Star Wars's plot is the Hidden Fortress. Don't forget that. Exactly so, right. And, you know. and there it all comes back to the beginning. You are 110% correct. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it, it, it I, I'm I'm gonna watch more of it uh, for sure. I, I like I said, I don't have Disney Plus. I have to steal it from my father-in-law, even though I wouldn't have to steal with it if he just gave me his password. <laughs> but we'll do that. Um, hey, Liz. But- Liz. <laughs> the, uh, the, the stuff the, the the stuff you have for HBO also works for Disney Plus. Mom has it. Oh, okay. Ooh, Good wow. to know. Oh. So, You're uh, welcome. <laughs> so uh, one of the side <laughs> effects of watching The Mandalorian in Aaron Marie's case is that she actually has been catching up on the other Star Wars properties that she hadn't seen, mostly this one, though, like Solo. So did you get that in today? Yes, I did. And I'm really kicking. I mean, I was kicking myself before for not seeing it in the theater because it's the only thing since Return of the Jedi I had not. And now I'm really kicking myself because it was fucking great. I love the solo story. I mean, getting to see how he met Chewbacca, how he obtained the Millennium Falcon, how he kind of like helped the beginning of the rebellion altogether. Like, I was completely unaware that Han Solo kind of gave them the financing for it. And he's the entire reason the rebellion even exists. Um, we, also, we also get the retcon of the castle run because of the, exactly, the, most, getting to see the, the biggest club in Star Well, the, the castle run is a, is a flub in the first movie because you don't measure it, it. A parsec is a measure of length. And he said it is a measure of time in the first movie. But then this movie retcons it and makes it uh, a, a, a length. And so does Mandalorian. I noticed that they're using – suddenly Parsecs comes up correctly in a lot of different scripts in Star Wars. And I think that is because people have been annoyed for that flub for 40 hmm. years. <laughs> I know I had been. It's like the one flub in, in, in Star Wars that's always Bartleby. We made the castle run. Oh, let's no, just no, I wouldn't call that one flub. I would call that two because there are some um, there are some that consider that there's – God damn it, I can't get it spit it out. There are some Star <laughs> Wars movies that refer to the Force as a religion, and then there are others that say it's literally life force surrounding a human being. So it's a living, breathing thing. So, I mean, they go back and forth on that, too. Is it a religion or is it a life force? Something well, no, the Force. The, the, the Jedi. So the Jedi are, have obviously uh, turned it into a monks. religion. Yeah. Yeah. So, They're warrior monks. And then one thing I did like about Rogue One is it showed that you didn't have to be a Jedi to use the Force. And a lot of people don't realize that, that, you know, anybody can tap into the Force. You just, it, it, monks, the monks, the Jedi just do it on a level of, of, of uh, you know, of concentration and years and years and years of, uh, of training. I wish that were the case. I wish that were the oh, case. But, you know, oh, yeah, we have to look at episode Force. one. And yeah, that. midichlorians. God help us all. I, I mean, baby Yoda that just got them using the force as tiny as he is to lift a mud horn. <laughs> well, let me bring in our special guest to continue this conversation. Hey. And uh, and um, hello, you're on with the sexy witches. Is, hello. Hi. Uh, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Who are you? Lily. 
No, you can use your, your evil this? genius moniker. It's fine, but that's I'm good, too. I'm evil genius. I'm 10 years old. Yay. Please trace Please. the call. It's coming from inside the house. Coming from inside the house. Speaking of which, sweetie, can you close your bedroom door, please? <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry for that not response. I thought maybe someone else, so it wasn't completely sure of me. It's all good. So um, tell me, Lily, we are talking about Disney+, and you've been watching a lot of it with your grandfather. So tell me some of the movies you've been watching. Uh, we watched Peter Pan. We watched Pinocchio. I've been watching this TV series called Star versus the Fortress of Evil. <laughs> and, what was that? Um, I said, well, I'm watching this TV show called The Star vs. the Forces of Evil. We've watched, I don't know. We've also oh, yeah. Then with, with my mom, we've, I've watched, um, I've, I've watched, um, The Peach Dragon, the original movie. Good movie. And, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. It is a really good movie. I, I, I love it's actually one of my favorite Disney films is Pete's Dragon and it breaks my yeah. rule of like I don't like dragons that aren't vicious and, and want to eat people, but for some reason I love Elliot. But it was interesting to watch it. The music still holds up and the acting and performances still hold up. But I didn't realize with adult eyes looking at the credit that the reason why Elliot is so good is it's Don Blue. I had no idea. It must have been one of the first things he did for Disney. So yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, dragons. I've been obsessed with you dragons did. recently. I love dragons. I'm obsessed with them. So, um, and the Disney Plus thing, uh, is there anything we haven't, you haven't watched that you want to watch still? Yes, once the new movie comes out, I want to watch all the Star Wars. I need to rewatch all the Star Wars movies from start to end. So, yes, I didn't need to watch okay. Star Wars. Oh, my kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I've been poking around on the Disney Plus and looking for some of the older titles, and there's a few that they need to get on there. Uh, especially after watching Pete's Dragon, and then they don't have Hot Lead and Cold Feet on there, and I'm like, come on, guys, <laughs> it's, it's, they have Apple Dumpling Gang with Don Knot. I noticed that but they had Apple Dumpling Gang. They have Bus even, but for some reason they don't have the Gnomobile. They don't have the Gnomobile. That was one of the few I was looking for. Uh, the Gnomobile, and, uh, and of course Summer Magic. They've got like lots of other other Haley Mills, even including uh, like two that darn cat. But no, no, no summer magic. Come on, man. I'm and there really is surprised a page that you it. can go to and uh, request future things to see on Disney Plus. Oh, and didn't you actually ask them about something, and they told you they would they were gonna get it for you eventually? Um, <laughs> yeah, they were what? pretty responsive. I, I actually asked. So, how are we going to uh, access this? Because Right up until go time, it was like, you'll be able to access it through Hulu or, you know, Netflix or Amazon or that was all kind of a mystery. Um, may I ask, you guys were just talking about those, like, movies and those shows, like, wait, ask, may I ask what they are? 
yeah. yeah if, you, if you have something you want to request, like a, an old TV show or movie that's not on there right now, you can go online and you can request it. Yeah, there's a few on there I wanted to request. I want to request Scarecrow. They actually need the Scarecrow. Yes. Um, Scarecrow Romney Marsh, right? Yep. Yes. And like I said, we yeah. need more Jim Dale in our lives. So Hot Lead and Cold Feet. Um, they don't have Watcher in the Woods yet. They absolutely need to get that one. Um, you know, there's ones that are not on there, but there are a few that are. God of Boogity. The the black the book the Boogity series they have the first one they don't have the second one but they do have right. the first Mister Boogity which is great and I highly recommend it holds up which is amazing I didn't expect that to happen oh, um, oh they they need they need to add the Polar Express <laughs> like I really want to add- watch the whole movie of the whole Polar Express is that a Disney film I don't think it is I don't think that's Disney well I think I think it's a Pixar film. No, no, it's not a Pixar film, sweetie. But it might. But uh, they do have a very good selection of Pixar movies. All of them are pretty much on there. Oh yeah. Uh, and specials and really shorts. Great and, company. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I, I've kind of rewatched all of the shorts. <laughs> I've actually well, been I'm really pleased. There's a whole. I never saw. Like it. Mm-hmm. It well, I never saw. Like I thought it was a movie, so I clicked on it. But it was called. Um, it was called Float. It was a pretty. Nice, it was. It was a good short. <laughs> Well, I've seen that. Yeah, it's actually up for an Oscar. Uh, so uh, the cool thing is, is that I really do like they have a whole tier of short films. So we got the Disney cartoons. There's an entire yeah. section just of those, which is great. Oh, and they're all those like crazy. Uh, I, the I've black hole for years. What's Sorry. not on there? Go ahead. Go ahead I, I was just going to say I've complained for years that, uh, you know, Disney Channel didn't play old Disney cartoons anymore, and they've made a lot of them available. Not as many as yeah. I'd like, but I am quite happy. I, I'm hoping they add the propaganda films to the list. I still have my silver oh, box tin of that, which I was like, I got the limited edition box tin when it came out back in the day. Um but I'm hoping that they add those eventually too. Um, I, I will say uh, I was very pleased with the scan of Black Hole. It never looked better. Um, yeah. I do think they need to work. I noticed that they put some things up and then they're taking them down as they 4K scan them. Like Pete's Dragon had an okay copy and then suddenly it got really good looking the other day. So I think what they're doing is that they're putting things up, scanning them, and then dropping them when they get the 4K scan. They might be what they're doing with Kids Incorporated because they, they mentioned to uh, Aaron Marie she wanted Kids Incorporated and then they're eventually going to drop that, which is the TV what? series. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was like that and Dumbo What's 4K scanning? Like, what Kids Incorporated scanning. 4K scanning, uh, sweetie. That's the way you make a movie. Uh, you put the movie onto the disc. It's how it's the file and how and and it, I'm really not explaining this well. It's the resolution of the file. It really makes it look really pretty. Much higher definition. So much cleaner picture. Was basically cleaning off the the film strip. Kind of, yeah, cleaning. The equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, making it, giving it more definition, bright color correcting it, all sorts of fun things. Making sure it's not pixelated (laughs) or fuzzy. Pixelated is not good. (laughs) What? So, uh, you know, what else we got? I was really pleased. Like I said, black hole looked 
fantastic. I'm really glad it's on there. Um, Return to Oz is on there. I was very pleased Which that I they have Return to Oz. Yeah, it's, I saw that shit in the theaters, and it, I, it left a massive impression on me. Matter of fact, that was one of the few times that I watched Roger Keeper give a bad review of something, and the review was so interesting that like they were like Dorothy and shock therapy and all this stuff and I'm like oh my god I gotta go see this and I did and I kind of loved it <laughs> stop animation in it and it's really yeah. dark and 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 people are like it's not a good adaptation I'm like no it's not it actually is a pretty good adaptation they kind of took three of three books and put it on puree you know it, they took from three different uh oz books but boy i was very pleased that they weren't afraid to put that on there uh so you know there's a lot to deep dive on disney plus but um uh, is there anything else we want to say about disney plus before we talk about the theater invasion yeah oh like i'm trying to think like i'm trying to think of like maybe um well i do want to talk my grandpa actually told me that that Peter Pan, we watched Peter Pan, he told me it was one of his favorite movies. Yeah, and he did. For, and accidentally, that's going to be my play for this school. For this school well, year, I'm excited for it. The audition is on right. the 14th. Yeah, she, she's auditioning for Peter Pan in school. So that'll be the spring and play this year. I'm really excited. Excellent. For Romeo and Juliet. Oh, nice. <laughs> Everyone's going for plays. That's so cool. It's a theater family. Like, I know Aaron Cogan, he's in the plays, too. I mean, every, all of us have been yeah, yeah. the plays. You know, try to keep us away from the stage. Whether we're good or not, we're always on it. <laughs> making fools of ourselves. Uh, so... Um, uh, I'm, I I do want to say one of the cuter things is that over a two-night span, the evil genius went downstairs and watched, which something Aaron Cogan hasn't done yet, uh, with her dad yeah. for the – he'd seen it before, but he had never seen A Sound of Music, which is also on Disney+. Plus. And, it's also uh, on Disney+. No more excuses, Aaron. It was on ABC the other day. Just no, remember. no, I, it's been on plenty of times. I could see it, but I'm kind of saving myself. I kind of want to yeah, do one of those things at the Hollywood Bowl things. where everyone dresses up and sings along. That just yeah, sounds like I know, ridiculous I know, fun. It just feels like so odd. I mean, you're so into <laughs> musical theater that you don't have Ray Wise's superbly directed Julie Andrews at her height mm-hmm. of her career with Christopher Plummer looking like a hottie sound of music. Can- all, Can I blow your mind and tell you another musical I haven't seen ever? Oh, just bits and pieces of. This is going to blow what? your mind. White Christmas. Oh, White Christmas. I've never <laughs> seen White Christmas, and I'm the I, hugest Danny Kaye fan in the world too. I don't think I have either, because if if I have, it's not really, it's not, it's uh-huh. not ringing a bell. You have no, a I don't think I've showed you it yet. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you showed me it yet. You know what opened this week? Uh, a museum devoted to White Christmas, actually, the movie. So, uh, yeah, I forget where, but I saw that on, on Facebook, that a, uh, that a museum has opened uh, it, in honor of the movie. Because for a long time, it was, like, one of the most, uh, like, top-grossing movies of all time, it turns out. Who knew? Really? Christmas films. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Can I, wait, can I, wait, since we're on the topic of 
speak of movies, can I ask? Mm-hmm. Is there is there like is there like a museum about like the oldest films and everything to do with films like the newest films, the like like the best films in the world, like the good animated films? Like, is there a museum like that? Well, there's an AF. I mean, there's an AFI documentary series that names the hundred best movies. No, but uh, in Hollywood right now, right where they do the Academy Awards, they're working on a movie museum, and it's going to have some amazing props and costumes on loan to it. I know that for sure. Uh, Natalie and I got to visit uh, the Musée de Cinéma in Paris, and oh it was freaking gorgeous and amazing and one of our favorite things. Uh, in our Paris tour, uh, we were really lucky. There were the the main uh, temporary exhibit was on Metropolis, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, and again, costumes and props from a, probably the greatest science fiction film of its era. Uh, I, I think it'd be hard to argue there was something else as good as that. And um, gosh. Um, Someone, a famous director, had just passed. Killer Snowman. And what? Killer Snowman. Killer Snowman. My mind, Killer Snowman. Oh yeah, that's right. I was watching Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah. No, that's not me, dude. I just Killer Snowman came to my mind. Okay. Um, there, there is a museum of the motion picture, isn't that in New York or a museum of motion? I, I want to say that there, I don't there's, know. I think I'm pretty sure there is, um, and there's one for film and television in Chicago, which is really good. I've been that that one. Uh, so there are museums like that. I, the one in France I'm, is on my bucket list. Oh um, God, it's so good! I can't recommend it enough. Um, <laughs> who's the director? I'm blanking on his name. Who did Listomania and uh, oh. Tommy and oh man? It's so funny because that movie literally came up the other day. He, um, he just had recently passed away, and there were gorgeous costumes on oh, display. Oh, Ken Russell. Ken Russell. Ken Russell, thank you so much. Yeah, Gothic, which was one of uh, our video nasty list. Well, Ken Russell yeah, yeah. was actually on the madness list this year, so yeah. yeah. He also did the witches. But I don't know if it's part of their permanent exhibit or they just happen to have stuff out. Coincidental to him just passing away, but man, if you get the chance, I can't recommend it enough. Such a Excellent. good movie. And then, of course, we here in Los Angeles are getting the uh, the Lucas Museum, which I'm all kind of uh-huh. happy about. Actually, I, I finally saw something that had that has to be on Disney Plus. They they don't have Annie on Disney Plus. They don't have the classic Annie on Disney Plus. No, but they have the remake. Yeah, they have this really bad remake, and then they have the the other remake, and they're like, no, 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 no. I want to watch the original Annie, but they don't. We have to buy it. Again, that's my girl. (laughs) Uh, Well, and, you know, Disney Plus is just the tip of this Disney takeover iceberg because, of course, uh, you know, this year, 
they had six movies go uh, make over a billion dollars, um, including Toy Story 4 and Lion yep. King and Aladdin. Yep. Um, uh, I don't remember. Endgame. Endgame. Oh. And then I don't remember what the fifth one was, but the sixth one, which just may, might be the first $2 billion movie um, for Disney and Mandalorian, will also hit that mark, they're thinking, is Frozen 2. And um, yeah. uh, Frozen 2 started out very I, modestly. It, it did well in the States. It did amazing overseas. But and we, it's gonna but, make seven because of the upcoming Star Wars movie. Oh, I know. That's right. It's gonna be seven billion dollar <laughs> movies, man. They're just killing yep. it. And we, Lily and I, went to see uh, Frozen Two uh, the week mm-hmm. after it came out with everybody else because it turns out everyone. I was like, these numbers seem a little modest for me domestically. It turns out everyone was waiting the following week to go see it. Everyone went to go see Frozen on the Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> And so, Evil Genius, can you give a little bit of a plot synopsis to Frozen 2? Mm. I guess I can. So, um, <laughs> but I first have to reference, but I first, before that, I have to talk about the recap. <laughs> the recap scene. The recap. The re- <laughs> recap scene. Oh, yeah. Tell them about the recap scene. They haven't seen it, so. Okay, so there's the recap scene. Um, there's one at the end of the movie after all the credits because uh, it's recapping the movie that you just watched. But then there's one during the movie that's recapping the other one. So basically, Olaf's going around, and he's going like, at least we have our parents. Our parents are dead, and it's like, and it's like, it's like all of that stuff is like super funny. <laughs> but then it's even funnier. Like there's like this like one scene like 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 uh, like at the very end like oh and it's dead and then like with the soldiers and they're like <laughs> oh yeah. it was like really, okay. it was like really, really funny. I'm not getting yeah, too many spoils. No, no, we can spoil a little bit here. Um, I, I'll yeah. give the plot synopsis because, yes, she's right. Yeah, Olaf I, I reenacted at one point in Frozen 2, reenacts the entire first movie to a group of yep. indigenous people, and it's pretty funny. Uh, but this movie took a surprising turn that I wasn't expecting. First of all, Wait. it's super pagan, like, like super pagan. Like, you know, the, the, there's elementals in it. Uh, Elsa's basically a goddess. Uh, and she finds this out in the course of the movie. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's uh, there's indigenous people. There's positive images of males. Like, like um, it, it, it was one of the most amazing things this year. I've seen it happen twice in, in films this year. Uh, instead of the, the hero going, I'm here to rescue you. After he rescues Anna, he goes, what can I do for you? What do you need? That was actually what, and, 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 and so it wasn't like, I'm here to fix it. He's here to support Anna. And so there was always like surprisingly positive messages in it. Uh, the journey itself was okay, but the actual, like, like the emotional oh. level of this, uh, of Frozen 2 was very, very sophisticated and Whoa, very adult for what it was. The only time I actually cried, I shed a tear was during 
Olaf dying. Olaf, yeah, spoiler Olaf alert. actually, spoiler alert, big one, yes, Olaf actually dies in the movie. Kind uh, of. <laughs> yeah, well, well, but I'm not spoiling it anymore. Yeah, I mean, of course he's a snowman, and you can eventually rebuild, but no, he actually dies, and it's like the saddest <laughs> sequence since Bambi yeah, shot mother got shot. So, wow. me, and my, okay. me and my friends, while we were like, we were like doing this, these like holiday rotations, because it was because my because my my teacher's going out for surgery and stuff, and so we're doing these holiday rotations, and we were making this snowman, and me and my friend, we were actually talking about Frozen 2, and we're both like saying, um, Into the Unknown is way overrated. <laughs> Too overrated. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the best song. It's a good song itself with the, the, the play. It's technically a play. So I'm going to say the, the movie with, but, um, and but and but then we're like we're both agree like the one the song like like she's like going to like, discover stuff like that's a really good song. Yeah, um, she's right though. Uh, everyone's uh, I, you might have seen commercials with the the great unknown, and I was prepared for the music not to be as good or have a show stopping number, um, like it did in the first movie. But boy, yeah. was I surprised. Not only is there one show-stopping number in Frozen 2, there is two, and the first one, and neither and the first one is actually sung of all people by Jonathan Groff, once again who plays Kristoff, and it's Lost in the Woods, which the song out of context doesn't do it. It it doesn't get it's out of context. You can't really tell how amazing the sequence is in the movie, but um, I'm a huge fan of Robert Lopez as you both may know, and because he wrote Avenue Q and Book of Mormon, Lost in the Woods, it's closer to those, those musicals than it is to the original Frozen movie. It's a classic heart parody. It's a nineties power ballad. Uh, It's completely, uh, it's not out of place in the movie because they do it kind of like they did in Lion King where they go, well, just can't wait to be king is a fancy sequence. They kind of do the same thing with this. Uh, but it's surprisingly good and catchy. And, and, then, and then Elsa later on sings a song called Show Yourself. And Show Yourself is powerful, powerful song. I, I, I don't know if it has, it's not the showstopper that uh, Let It Go was. Because Let It Go just had this huge hook, right, that everyone can remember. Wait. Wait, didn't didn't Elsa sing that because Yeah, that's why I said Elsa. Elsa. Only El- you, but you said Anna. I you might have said Anna. Anna actually gets a good song this time called, you know, Do the Right uh, Doing the Right Thing, which is a it, it's a song about depression. And 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 no matter and even when the thing when the, when the world is really kicking you and kicking you down just trying to do the next best thing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, when, when my father died, frozen hit. And so I, and for a lot of reasons, I was listening to let it go over and over and over again after his passing. Uh, and, uh, for a lot of reasons. And I would say that these songs were actually more introspective, more sophisticated, 
the whole story is so good. I, I cannot recommend Frozen 2 enough. And I, I'm Me and my I, friends I, both agreed that Frozen 2 is way better than Frozen. While we were talking about it, we, were like, we both agreed that it was Frozen 2 was way better than the, Frozen, than the original Frozen movie. I do think that I might revisit Frozen 2 more than the original. Um, ultimately. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it's better than the first one, but I definitely think its rewatchability is higher, a lot higher. Um, and and I, I'm so pleased that it was so – I mean, my, my daughter and I, it was our first mommy-daughter movie day out was to go see Frozen. And now she's 10. She was four then. And, you know, nine years, <laughs> you know, or what, six years later, you know, it was worth the wait. And it, it pleases me to no end to know that it was worth the wait. So, guys, get on that. Go see Frozen after Star Wars. Right. That's probably it, what I'm going to do Go with my Go on Christmas Eve or New Year's. I dare you. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. So... And speaking of Christmas Eve and do it, do it, I mean, you're going to go to the marathon, Aaron Kogan, but Aaron yes. Marie, I, I don't know when you're going to get to see, but I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm booking tickets for um, to see it. And we decided to go see it in digital 3D um, on Christmas Eve at Watch Chapel, which is one of our better theaters in the area. We're going to drive a few extra minutes to go and see the final Skywalker movie. Uh, being that Rise Star Wars of Skywalker, Walker, <laughs> Okay, Lily. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was four. Like Lily was four when when Frozen came out. So and and so I and I was four when Star Wars came out. So I understand being connected, uber connected to a movie. And basically, Star Wars shaped my entire existence. And I'm having mixed feelings about I'm having mixed feelings about seeing the new one, and I'll tell you why. It's that stupid trailer, and Greg and you got Greg Daniels, the C3PO, going. They're going, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "I'm just looking. It's the last time I'll see my friends." And that was it. I just like couldn't handle it. I don't know about you. Come on. It was like the most emotional moment. I was like, "Oh my god." Uh, you know, so I'm gonna probably ball we the entire have a movie. Star Wars game, and I got on the leaderboard. <laughs> oh, you! I think my mom might be playing um the recording soon. One of one, one is if you, one is if you um get on to uh if you like if you get onto the leaderboard, um it'll, and then the other one is if you die and you don't get onto the leaderboard. Well, either way, yeah, if you win, it gives you a snippet of the Cantina song, which makes me happy. Mommy, mommy, are they going to, are you going to play the clips that we both record, that we both recorded? I already played one. I'm going to play the other at the end of the show. Which one did you play? Which one did you play? I I played the one, the, the video, the one of the whole game, the one you played. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that was a normal one. Do 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 do
So here we are. How many generations of us are now Star Wars geeks? It's ridiculous. Like, like you know, I, I've, I've, like this movie has dominated my life. Like this movie franchise has dominated most of my life, and it's dominating my daughter's life. And Disney is dominating all our lives. And and uh, it is it, it would at least for Christmas. There's plenty of stuff to binge, right? Um, all I want for yeah. Christmas is a big <laughs> uh, so, All right, evil genius, take it down a notch here. Uh, so, <laughs> Erin Marie, what's the yeah. one thing that you would like to see um, happen in the new Star Wars? Sure. For Ray not to go evil? <laughs> Because that's what everybody's predicting. <laughs> uh, and, like, I still, I still, for some reason, hold on to this idea that that her and Kylo Ren are brother and sister, that they're twins. That that's the reason why she was shipped off is because her brother went evil and they were saving her. But whatever. It, it, it's, you know, twins running the damn family and it happens with canon. And I think it would be weird canon-wise if they weren't. But it would explain the weird hug that Carrie Fisher gave her in the first movie of the of the new series. So on the way that Han Solo kept looking at her, mm-hmm. I mean, and they there was so much. Uh, I mean, he offered to take her with him, and it it what would you do? It's not you don't offer that to some random stranger. That's their fucking daughter, or at least that's what I think. I've thought that. I'm kind of hoping so. I I want to see. This is what I want to see. I want to see Ray and Kylo Ren and the biggest fucking fight with the Knights of Ren possible. I want to yeah. see that. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see that. I, I want, want something. I want something like it. I want an epic fight scene. I'm also obsessed with epic fight battle scene. So I want like 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 two people. Two lightsabers in a row, and then like a bunch, and like like and then like the rebel versus like everyone else in the background, and it would be so cool. <laughs> I think you might get your wish on that one. <laughs> so, how about you, Aaron Kogan? What's the one thing you'd like that the final movie to deliver? Honestly, and I know this sounds horrible, but for Abrams not to fuck it up, I mean. Hell, here, here. I I loathe what he did to the Star Trek franchise. Um, They were just dreadful. Um, The third one was the 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 first Star Wars that he directed. I actually thought was the best thing he ever did, and even then, it was just okay. You know, I I can live with this. Uh, And then I saw uh, Ryan Johnson's. Uh, Star Wars, and I went, okay, I actually kind of appreciate a little better now what J.J. Abrams did, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm really looking forward, actually, to seeing them back-to-back in the theater, which I haven't done um, with this marathon coming up, and then seeing what J.J. Abrams done. But, you know, he's not a strong finisher. I mean, even if I were to put aside all the many problems I have with J.J. Abrams as a director, I don't think even his most ardent supporter could say 
J.J. Abrams really knows how to stick the landing. He really knows how to end a series or a movie or whatever. That that's got to be his his weakest foible, right? I mean, and this is well, at least it's not like Brian Fuller who, who pulls the you know he pulls the rug out of out of out of the TV series and runs for the hills. He doesn't do that. Yeah. At least he yeah. makes a valiant attempt to end something. Um, I, I agree with you, J.J. Abrams. I, I, Force Awakens is a good movie. Not a great movie, mm. but it's a good movie. It's, it's a, if you want to talk about it as, as a reboot of, this, of the first series, I thought it was actually a pretty good reboot. Of, yeah, but of, who needs of, that? You know, and, it, and then, it's, it's like another Spider-Man movie where we go over his origin again. I think we know Uncle Ben doesn't make it. I think that's pretty well established. I, I don't think there's anybody in Western civilization, say, after 1980, who has to ever, ever have it spelled out for them that with great responsibility comes. I think it's everyone I, can finish that the, sentence. I feel the same way about uh, Bruce Wayne and his parents, but that being said, yes. the way they did it in joke, Joker was actually kind of ingenious. I like Joker. Well, you you can't really watch Joker yet. <laughs> yeah. That will be a few years. Yeah, a couple more years. That one's a little bit on the <laughs> violent side. I I I'm not, I Joker. I don't think is going to make my top ten, but I did like. I was like, oh, I like how they incorporated the murder of their parents yeah. into the story, and so that was cool. But uh, but, but yeah, as a right, you're absolutely ancient? right. Do you realize how how ancient Joker would have to be to battle Batman as an elder if it took place during that night? Right. Yeah. And they're still they're still threatening to do a Joker sequel. God help us. I can't understand. I don't know. Like the Joker and Batman have been around for a long, long, long time. Eighty years. Eighty years. 80 years. Yeah. I, I have the Funko Pop from San Diego to prove it. That's <laughs> true. I was 50 or 30 years. I was, I was pretty close. Yeah, so, um, well, Evil Genius, I'm going to say, it's t- I want to say, why don't you make, give us a Christmas thought and goodbye and tell Aaron Marie and Eric Kogan and then say, get ready for bed. What, what do you want for Christmas and uh, what do you want for other people for Christmas? Um, what I want for Christmas is, I'm just going to say, just let's play Evie. That's, I am not cool with anyone else, what else on my Christmas list. I only let people know that's, that's one thing on my Christmas list. There's more things I just don't let people know. Top secret information for Santa. But, um, what I want other people to have is love and joy on Christmas. Aw, that's very nice of you. Love nice. and joy. And nice, nice. and I love and joy and and presents for you and thank you for coming on the show, Evil Genius, and we'll have you on more often in season six. Yeah. And, and my mom my next year might might be my mom's last year of doing of doing the um the Jane of Madness, so 
maybe the following year I will be hosting it because I want the madness to continue. <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about that around next Halloween. So much love and good night. Good night. Bye. Night. Bye. And that was Bye. my evil genius. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, I I I'm looking forward to seeing the final movie. And yet I'm not at the same time. Uh, but yeah. I do want to. I what, the one final thing I do want to see. I want to see more bromance between Finn and uh, uh, Poe. Because I thought that them being apart on the sec on Last Jedi was a huge mistake. Um, you know, because uh, the the chemistry that those two had together was such a badass thing, and and uh, <laughs> you know, we're not going to get that kiss that everyone wants to happen, but maybe we can get them flying and blowing some shit up, so that'll be good. Um, I I'm gonna cry when they destroy the Millennium Falcon. That's I think that's gonna happen. I'm pretty sure because there's a oh, shot of. Ray standing in front of a burning Millennium Falcon and upsets me. So, well, you know, the Millennium Falcon is a character unto itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of the few things that survived most of the movies along with uh, C3PO and R2. Um, so, uh, you know, it'll be kind of, but it'll also covet up with a bow. I mean, after Carrie Fisher's passing, that we still have her in two more movies is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Space Mom. We all miss our Space Mom. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, I, 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 it'll be good. It'll be good. So, uh, do we have any final thoughts about? Let's start with Aaron Marie. What's our any final thoughts about? Uh, what we're talking about and how is this year's season of Sexy Witches for you? You were kind of all over the map this year. Yeah, there was a few times I had to duck out, but not as many as other episodes. I mean, other seasons. There have been other times I've been sicker. So thankfully I've done more, I think, episodes this season than others. But uh, year in review, um, Disney Plus, I am digging it. I've watched every episode of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, as well as The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Imagineering um, documentary is also really fucking good, by the way. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting into that one, too. Um, I've got my eye on a lot of things in my watch list, but, the, like, I don't want to watch them by myself. I want to talk my kids into watching them, and then they always talk me into watching something else. Huh. <laughs> But um, I'm so far, I'm pretty happy with Disney Plus. Uh, I'm guilty of actually rewatching the first episode of both Lizzie McGuire and Hannah Montana when I'm. <laughs> 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 right. I grew up on Hannah Montana with Madison. I mean, she was at that right age for it, so I saw all of it, and I actually loved the shit out of it. Um, shit, I even took Deirdre, my little sister, uh, just watched all of Lizzie McGuire with her when she was little and took her to the Lizzie McGuire movie. So I'm excited about all of that. There are some things I still want to see on Disney+, Plus, but hopefully we'll get there. Um, I had tagged them on Twitter and said, where's my Kids Incorporated? And then Kids Incorporated answered back, we're hoping for the future, and I'm like, all right. Um. And Sexy Witches has been amazing. I've had a lot of fun this season, as always, and we'll continue to do so as long as we have this podcast. 
and we'll we'll see if we come back in January. But um, we'll talk about that at our annual meeting after the first of the year. Uh, so, Mr. Kogan, sum up yes. your feelings as the Disney file of the group, as the pin trader who gets up at four in the morning. Is Disney plus the pinnacle of what you've been waiting for? Uh, it's damn good. Uh, is it? Here, here's my thing, and I was talking about this with a friend. Um, not only is it good right now, not only is there a whole lot to draw on. I mean, there's 500 movies on there right now and series and everything else. But they're going to need new content. And even though it's actually a shorter list to go through what they don't own, as opposed to what Disney owns. <laughs> I can't help but hope and think. You remember when uh, the Lone Ranger and John Carter came out and bombed so badly at the box office that they killed the uh, third Tron movie and the Black Hole sequel? They were talking about a sequel for the Black Hole, not a reboot, not a remake, a freaking sequel for a 1978 film, which is just amazed balls to me. Well, now they've got a platform to do whatever they want, basically. It's it's not going to lose money because they got a place to put it. So that kind of excites me. It will definitely see what what the future will bring. I really hope that it doesn't stop more I, I, them from releasing stuff in the theaters because um, I get concerned about this fracturing of uh, entertainment. You know, if I want to mm. watch Star Trek, I have to get CBS. If I want to watch Watchmen, which you do want to watch Watchmen, by the way, um, and then I got to watch <laughs> HBO. Want to watch Mandalorian, which is, by the way, the Watchmen and Mandalorian are the top two stream shows in the world right now. That's kind Believe of amazing. It. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, the fracturing, like I mentioned this in the last episode, the fracturing of our entertainment from, you know, because at least with Netflix, everything was hubbed into one spot and now it's kind of broken up. I'm hoping that it doesn't suffer, the theatrical uh, release doesn't suffer over it. That would be my one hope. But that being said, I'm really, once again, Disney knocks it out of the park when it comes to the, the visual and the sound quality. And they, they, they have never skimped on that, and they still aren't. And I give them full kudos for that because I've always been very impressed, even their smaller discs, how good the sound is on those discs. So, uh, you know, and, and they're continuing that with Disney+. Plus. The price point was good, too. So uh, we'll just have to wait for next season and see what else, what else they start dropping next year. I'm all excited. And we have a lot to talk about next season because not only are am I going to be shooting the FP, going to Atlanta, Days of the Dead for sure, I'm also going to the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim with Aaron next summer. Yeah. So we got a lot going on. Uh, there's a bunch of big films coming out next year. Uh, and so, uh, and series and stuff, uh, buff, and we have, Oh, Sabrina is staring us in the face. we got a new season of Sabrina coming out, uh, you know, and of course the Oscars, which will be an interesting Oscars this year, because, you know, we're going to have genre pictures in the best picture slots this year. And uh, that, am... oh, it's excite me. 
Go ahead. I'm looking forward to uh, the second season of You, which comes out the day after Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's because, right. You comes out. Yeah. That was a huge surprise for that. Because the trailer just dropped. And the trailer I, looks fucking, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah Can't I, wait for yeah, that I've, I've heard really good things about that. Um, so uh, there's a lot of fun entertainment to be had. Believe me, we're going to need a distraction because I think the rest of 2020 is going to be batshit insane. Uh, so, but, you know, it is what it is. Bring it on. Bring on the end of democracy as we know it. We can hold on. You know, I have my punk records ready to go. I got my pussy riot hat ready to go. Speaking of which, that's one of the things I'm going to try to get in for next season is I'm going to go to the Pussy Riot concert. Um, nice. So, you know, they're coming to town. Uh, you know, so I'm trying to think. There's a lot to be seen next season. And thank you, Aaron Kogan, as usual. How This is your fifth season with us as well. And uh, I hope you come back for more. Yeah, absolutely will. And I want to again also thank Raven and Steve, my newest co-hosts. And um, when Steve is ready, we will start doing uh, Repo Nerds again. Matter of fact, we already got two films ready to go. Uh, one is called Lunacy, which is a foreign animated, uh, foreign fil- horror semi-animated film about the Marquis de Sade. And uh, Cabin Boy. We're going to do an episode on Cabin Boy. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and we'll come back on the 22nd of or 23rd was it the 22nd or 23rd of January because I'm doing Wednesdays now, so uh, 22nd Wednesday the 22nd will be our premiere of season six if we come back and that will be our our recap of the Oscar nominations and our own best of 2019. So. Be there for that. We always have a great round robin list to re- read of films. Last year, th- was it uh, all five of us had a hereditary on our list, and three of us had it at number one. Right. I have a feeling Ari Esther is going to end up being on the top of our lists again this season. So, uh, go ahead. I heard a noise. Was I not hearing mm-hmm. noises? Anyway, so anyway. Thank you all for listening. If you're a, a regular listener, definitely thank you. If you're a new listener, thank you as well. And uh, we we really enjoy giving this to you. I mean, it's a little slice of time in the hobby. Uh, and the 30 people I know for a fact that listen to my show every couple of weeks, that's a classroom of people. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And much love to our audiences on the Madness page, Rogatasi Station, and the FB Film Beat Circle. All of those people are wonderful and Facebook. So we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you again. I think we're going to go for the night. I'm going to leave you all with the Weezer version of Lost in the Woods from uh, Frozen. But once again, I want to hmm. say it doesn't really do it justice until you actually see the movie. But boy, is it good. And um, I really can't recommend Frozen 2 enough. Go see it if you haven't thought of it. It's not just for little girls. It's actually got a very deep, sophisticated ma- message about magic feminism and memory and it makes me really proud to say that disney finally figured out how to draw heroines and heroes without dropping into stereotypes and and it it made me so happy to see that so there is a future to be had 
with Disney and Disney Plus. Let's see what the future brings for the sexy witches. So good night, blessed be, film, good film hunk team, and we'll see you in January. See y'all. Remember, the force will be with you. Right at last.